0: The school is out. Which means it's time for high kids. Hello and welcome everybody. This is the Kha kids for kids and bar kids. My name is Jacob Gordon and I'm twelve years old. Coming up on High Kids today, I'll be talking to Wendy Kahn from the South African Board of Jewish De- Jewish Board of Deputies. Also on the show I will have the High Kids Riddle to challenge your thinking and an awesome prize from Awesome prize from Laurie Park Zoo to give away. Here are the details if you have any questions for my guest, if you want to answer the riddle, or if you just want to say hi. The SMS number is 34519 and charge it at 50, or you can send me a WhatsApp on 062 148 2374. And please sign your name so I can give you a free on air shout out. Get ready for an interesting show on Hi Kids today, that's right after this. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is the Ha Kids, for Kids and Bar Kids. My name is Jacob Gordon and I'm 12 years old. Today I have Wendy Kahn with me in studio and she is from the South African Jewish Board of Deputies. Hi, Wendy. How Hello. Are you? Good to meet you, Jacob. Good to meet
1: you. Too. Thank you. <laughs> so what exactly is SAJBD about? Okay, so it's a very, very long name. So let me explain it. So it goes back to England in the days of Queen Victoria, and Queen Victoria was getting so irritated by all the different Jewish people coming to see her that she said to them, do me a favor, organize yourselves into, into groups and send your deputies to come and meet with me. And that's how we got the name Jewish Board of Deputies, all the deputies. And those are all the little organizations that exist. Every single shul, every single school, every single youth organization, and every single um, women's organization and sports organization, all the organizations in our community are each a deputy, or as we call them, affiliates. And each of those affiliates, they vote for the board of deputies. And their leadership are the ones that represent the community. And they represent the community on all different forums. So we represent the community to government, and government would be the president, it might be some of the cabinet ministers, if we worried about the security of the community, we would go and see the minister who looks after security, the minister of state security. If it's an issue around Israel, we would go and see the minister of international relations. If it was an issue around you and your school, we would go and see the, the minister of education. And that's essentially what we do. We, we interact with government, but not just government. We also interact with other religious communities like the christian community Um, we would also interact with other communities within civil society that means all the other communities that look after children or look after or fight against hate in the country we would interact with them and also very importantly as we deal with the media and today you the media and that's why i'm sitting here today talking to you on behalf of the jewish community well thank you for coming in firstly and I just want to say that is a lot of things how do you manage to handle all it's like <laughs> well not all of them happen at the same time so we, we you know there are times that are very very busy and at the moment it is a very busy time for us and you might have seen us in the newspapers recently and on the radio because there was a man who said some very terrible things about the Holocaust and we are taking that man to court because we live in a country where we say no to hate and where you can't hate somebody because of their religion and you can't hate somebody because they're a girl or a boy and you can't hate somebody because they have different beliefs to you or different values or look different or um you can't do that and that's why we we one of the big um issues that we deal with at the jewish board of deputies is the protection of our community against hate so if people threaten us because we're jewish we will stand up against them. And if that means that we'll take them to court, we will. If it means we take them to the Human Rights Commission, we will. But more importantly, we try to talk to them and we try to have conversations like we're having so that they understand that what they've said is very hurtful to us. And we try and change that kind of behaviour. And, and that's always the best way to deal with these situations. So you, how many people comprise of the board? So we, we in, in our Johannesburg office, we have about 12 people. And then we also have centers around the country. So in Cape Town, we've got quite a big council because the community is quite big in Cape Town. And then we've got Durban. We've got Port Elizabeth. We've got East London. We've got the Free State in Bloemfontein. We've got an office all around the country. But more than that, we have somebody on our staff, and we call him the traveling rabbi. And the traveling rabbi goes to all the little communities around South Africa where there might just be one or two Jewish families left. And he looks after them. So before Pesach, he'll bring them boxes of matzah and before, every now and again, he'll go and visit them for some of the Chagim and he'll be with them, say, for Shabbat every now and again and really makes them feel part of our community and also very importantly he looks after the gravestones in all of those communities because we now have little rural areas where there there are no Jewish people left and we need to make sure that our cemeteries in those areas are maintained. So that's his job. So although we um, we have Jewish centers in the big cities, we also need to make sure that the people who are living out there in the sticks, be it uh, you know, tiny little villages or towns that they also looked after and that they also feel part of South African Jewry.
0: So your aim is to make sure that everyone
1: feels wanted and accepted as part of our community? 100% and everybody. And, 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 that, and we've got a very, very different community. As you know, we've got some people who are religious and some people who are not religious. And we have some people who are old and some people who are young. And we have some people who love Israel and we've got some people who don't love Israel. And we need to make sure that we are looking after everybody Um, But also that we are not just living in our own little bubble in Glen Hazel That's very, very important We need to make sure that we are having relationships with other communities And that we're talking to other communities Because that's the problem That's the problem with so many of of, um, our communities Not just in South Africa, but around the world That we become very isolated And we can't allow that to happen We need to keep talking So a
0: lot of what the board does has got to do with relationships and talking to people. Very good. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So then what is the difference between the board and the, that,
1: and the Zionist Zionist Federation? Federation. Okay. So the board is sort of the bridge. We call it the interface, but maybe a better word is the bridge between our community and all the different types of other outside organizations that I've mentioned to you. Um, Including incidentally Jewish communities overseas, we sit on international bodies that we also that are also very very important. But the, the Zionist Fed ostensibly is our relationship with Israel, and they do. Lots and lots of different things from looking after our youth and the youth movements that our kids go to. They are involved in education, education with adults and children around Israel. They promote Israel in our communities. They run programs for our community to go to Israel to learn about Israel. That is their focus, just like the Board of Education's focus is on education. And just like the the Union of Orthodox Synagogues, their focus is on the, the rabbinical side and the religious side of our community. So everybody's got that. What the board does is much more general. We like a kind of an umbrella. So if the Zionist Federation is worried about something in terms of South Africa's relationship with Israel, they'll come to us. We'll set up a meeting with government and they'll come with us to that meeting. Or if, as I I gave you the example earlier, if one of the schools has got an issue with the Department of Education. They can come to us. We'll set up a meeting with the Minister of Education. That's the kind of concept, right? So, so we work very closely with the Zionist Federation, and on many projects. For example, on um, we 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 do joint projects with them when we have to fight issues like the boycott, divestment, and sanctions campaign. We'll work together. Okay, um, you just said boycott. Uh, something campaign. What is that? Okay, so the boycotts, and it's it, it's a very it's becoming something that's really upsetting to our community. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. There are people out there that don't believe that Israel has got a right to exist, and they think that we, as a South African society, should be putting pressure on 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 the Israelis and stopping to. Have relationships with their universities, our universities. Um, they putting pressure in terms of not us, our stores not keeping Israeli products, and that that is absolutely unacceptable in South Africa because in South Africa we have the right to buy whatever products we want. We've got the right to go to universities and celebrate Yom HaAtzmaut on the university campus, and to have relations with other with universities in, in Israel. And that's very, very important that we live in a country where our constitution and the constitution is the overriding law of our country. And our constitution says that everybody in our country is entitled to have their own beliefs. They're entitled to have their own religion and their own values. And that's very important. And we need to stand up. We need to stand up and nobody, nobody is allowed to tell you that you are not allowed to have a relationship with Israel. You are allowed to. They might not agree with you, and that's their right, but you have a right to have a relationship with Israel.
0: So you you stand up very often for rights of Jews as South African citizens. Is that the main thing that you do?
1: I say? am the we are the representative body of South African Jewry so that's what we that is our primary responsibility but in doing that it's important as South African Jews that we have relationships with all the different communities in South Africa and to do that we have to find ways that we can engage with them and that we can have those relationships so I'll give you an example many communities in South Africa at the moment are very worried about hate speech about nasty Um, Speech that's being that's being spoken in our country. It's being spoken against black people. It's being spoken against Jewish people. It's being spoken against um, gay people. It's being spoken against Muslim people. And we as a Jewish community need to stand up against that hate wherever it arises. And we need to work with the other communities to stand up against that hate. And we do that. we we part of a body called the Hate Crimes Working Group. And together with lots of other women's organizations and um, refugee organizations and LGBTI, all these organizations, we all work together to fight hate. And those are the kind of things we need to find. We need to address issues that are vi- really worrying us in our country. What's worrying us is that we have areas very close to us here, that where people do not have housing, where people do not have work, where people are struggling to put their children through school. And we as a Jewish community, we can't live in a bubble. We need to be trying to find solutions. And I'm very, very, very proud of our community because our community has become involved in all of those aspects in education, in fighting poverty, in um, providing skills for people so that they can become employable. And that's what our community needs to build on.
0: Right. So that, that that sounds very important, that you need to focus on other people's needs as as well as your own. Correct. As South Africans and as Jewish people. Right. Uh, I happen to agree with that, and I, I enjoy that idea because we, we often hear it at school, that we need to focus
1: especially as Jewish people, on other people's needs? I'm so happy to hear that that's what you're learning at school because I think it's very, very important. Because for too many years, we lived in this country and we were completely blocked from what was going on outside. And, and I think that we need to be more... And, and we have some amazing organisations like Africa Tikkun... Um, and maybe that's somebody that you would want to get onto your show as a representative to hear the amazing projects that they've got around the country. And Ort South Africa that teaches science and technology and so many more. Most of our Jewish organizations have got an area where they focus on on, on that aspect. Um, speaking of science and technology, it's um, you mentioned
0: that the board assists students um, in matters. um, like certain things that happen at their schools or universities. Um, could you maybe give us one or two examples of this?
1: Okay, so so uh, many years ago there was um, Jewish studies used to be a course at, at school level and um, that you could do it from a trick. And then the Department of Education took it out of the curriculum. So we had a, a very, very good discussion in fact, it was with the president. I think it was President and Becky at the time, and we took with the head of the of the South African Board of Jewish Education, and he came with us to the meeting, and we had a lengthy conversation. That is, eventually, it was removed as a matrix subject, but it was introduced in the schools in many other ways. And I'm sure you are involved in Jewish education at your school, and at these fantastic Jewish programs. But that would be an example of where that where that was. But other examples, I'll be engaged with with a uh, government, provincial government or a local government department. And I'll find out that they've got a real problem in terms of um, a community who needs some basic computer. And we did. We had this recently in an area called Sedebeng, which is about an hour out of Johannesburg, and we brought Ought and we introduced them to Oort so that they could find ways that Ought could become involved in that particular community in teaching um, certain entrepreneurship skills and also in terms of computer skills. And that's that's what, again, I, I keep coming back, we're like a bridge, that we, we'll will go out, we'll find a need somewhere and we'll introduce the right people um I mean, another wonderful project that just, that's, that's very unknown. So maybe I'll just share it with you and with Chai FM is there is something called the Mitzvah School. Have you heard of the Mitzvah School? No. So very recently we had our conference at the Jewish Board of Deputies and every two years we give awards to people and we decided to give our award to two women who started a, um, a organization in the mid 1980s when there was Real problems going. It was the middle of apartheid and the kids were not getting an education. And what they did was they set up a school for matrics. So they would look at the the grade 11 students and they would say, "Okay, let's choose 60 or 80 students that will come to the school and we will provide them with an excellent matric. And that's exactly what they did in the 1980s. And these kids could then go on and they could go into tertiary education or they could go on to do whatever they wanted to do. But they had a key onto their future. And that was phenomenal because um, it really that's the only way that we're going to change South Africa is through education. And let me tell you that that school is still going to this day. They still get grade 11s coming and applying, and they still give the most incredible education to these kids, 100% pass rate. Last year they had a student who got seven distinctions. It's a phenomenal place. And those are the gems and the heroes of our community. Um, just one more thing before we take a quick
0: song break. Um, what, say I'm at a non dress school, mm. and I've got exams coming up, and mm. my exams fall on, um, say, Sukkot. Could you think that I would be able, somebody in that
1: situation would be able to call the board to ask them for help? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's what we do a lot, Um, particularly at universities. It's not really such a problem at school. We very seldom get issues at school but very much at universities, that there'll be an exam on a Chag or there'll be an exam on Shabbat. One of the universities in Johannesburg has exams on Shabbat. And we work very, very hard with the universities to find a compromise. Because let's just remember, there are very, 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 very few Jewish students at these universities. So they're not going to be able to say to us, oh, we're going to stop all exams. We're going to stop all exams on Shabbat. We're we going to stop. It's, it, that's not practical. But we have to find a way that we can find a solution that is going to not upset the universities. Because you remember, we've always got, got a problem. We don't. The universities got to make sure that their papers do not do not get leaked in any way, or that nobody cheats. They need to be very very careful of that. But at the same time, we need to make sure that none of our Jewish students are. Affected and that they're disadvantaged because they're religious Jews. So we've got some very interesting different solutions we've come up. So, for example, the University of Johannesburg, they have exams on Shabbat. So the students will move in with a rabbi and they will spend the entire Shabbat with the rabbi from the morning when the exams written. And that night they'll come to my office and they've got a big hall there and everybody sits in the hall and we get um, special, they're called invigilators, the people who check that you're not cheating in any way. And they watch the exams and they're there late at night. At UNISA University, which is the correspondence university, similar students come to us after Chagim, after Sukkot, after Shavuot, and they will come to our offices and they will write the exams. But we're very, very strict with them. They need to sign a contract with the Beth Din to make sure that there will be no cheating at all. Okay. Thank you for that. Let's take a quick song break.
0: You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. Um, Hello and welcome back to Hi Kids. That song was Just Around the Riverbed, Bend from Pocahontas. And we were in the middle of an interview with Wendy Kahn, director of SAJBD. Um, so I'm going to change the question format. We were asking about the board in general. So I want to go more towards your experience as the director of the board. Okay.
1: So what is the role that you play? Um, I'm the national director. So I am responsible for the board offices around the country. Um, we have elected lec- in, um, members. If you remember, I told you we had lots and lots, and we've got about 120 affiliates around the country. And all of those affiliates vote, and they bring in new leadership every two years. So at the moment, um we've just in fact we had our conference two weeks ago. We've got a new national chairman. His name is Sean Zagnov and we've got new um all the all new leadership. Um but the my position, I'm there forever. <laughs> well until I get too tired of the position. But I work for the board. It's my day job. I come every morning and I leave every evening except when I'm sitting here with you. Um, But that's my my job. For the the elected leaders, or the people that you vote for, they change every two years. So I've been at the board now for, I was an elected leader for about two or three years. And then I've been the the national director for, um, it's been about 11 years now. And I am responsible for overseeing all the functions. So we have a division that looks at media. We have a division that looks at anti-Semitism. We have a division that I've got one of the people who work for me sits in parliament. She's in parliament today. In fact, now that we're talking, what's the time? Yeah, she's sitting there watching the president um, answer questions in parliament at the moment. All these, these are all different. The traveling rabbi I mentioned to you. All these people do different things. One of the other, one of my other people in my office, she deals with the survivors, the Holocaust survivors. Just remember the Holocaust survivors get Um, reparations and and money from some of the countries that they were so badly um, hurt in. Um, and she assists them with those kind of, um, discussions. So we've got lots and lots and lots of things going on. And that's what I love about my job. Come to the job to the, to work in the morning. And I have no idea what the day is going to, is going to hold. And one day it's, we will think that everything's, we're on top of everything. And then suddenly there'll be a horrible anti-Semitic incident like we had last week. Or suddenly a student has got an exam that we have to sort out. Or suddenly, Um, There are lots and lots, and I I cannot even begin to tell you how many um, issues. As we say, when somebody can't deal with something, we are the last resort. (laughs) So when did you join the board? I joined the board in about trying to think well as the as the national director I started in 2006 but I was at the board in a sort of an elected capacity for about two or three years before that okay so um what is the most challenging
0: matter that you've been involved in
1: Jacob, to be perfectly honest with you, the most challenging issues that I have are internal issues when members of our community are fighting with each other. That's what really upsets me because we've got such an amazing community. We've got so much going on here. I mean, when I I have visitors that come from overseas, they can't believe how amazing this community is. The number of shuls and kosher facilities and learning that we've got in our amazing schools. And we really have a gem in the bottom of Africa. And I think we've got to cherish that. And, and for me, the, the difficult stuff that I have to deal with, it's all internal. It's about people fighting between themselves. All oh. right. Mm-hmm. Well, that was unexpected. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was your most memorable moment that you've had? I loved 2010 when we had the soccer, if you remember. Um, And we ran a Jewish 2010 campaign. So we did a huge marketing campaign internationally to try and get Jewish visitors to come to South Africa and while they were in South Africa to provide them with facilities. And that was such an exciting process. We also had one of my, also one of my interesting projects was in 2013, they had a a Project called um, the Russell Tribunal, which was a horrible courtroom that they set up with all people who hated Israel, and they were going to sit and make terrible determinations about israel and what we did was it was called the Russell Tribunal, so we decided to create Russell the Kangaroo, and we had kangaroo suits made, and we had kangaroos that were jumping all around Cape Town because we wanted to say you 're a kangaroo court. You don't know what you're doing. You're a big, just a, all you are is just a, a theater, just a play. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Um, one of the more serious things that we had to deal with, which um, I also was very, very proud of our community, was in and. Nine when we had the, um, the the horrific xenophobia attacks in South Africa which was just devastating um that uh, there were attacks on on foreign foreigners living in our country and we as Jewish people know what it's like to be refugees and it it touched us very very s- a lot and what we did was we went into the centers where these people were being housed and our entire community came to the party. So we had our youth movements who were coming and playing with the children who were so bored. They were just sitting around these police stations. And we had the Union of Jewish Women who were working in the kitchens. And it was hard work. They were working long hours and cooking food for the thousands of people who were who were there and we had different organizations who were bringing in nappies and other organizations who were bringing in blankets and it was just for me it was one of the most incredible experiences because it wasn't just about writing checks and giving money and that's lovely and it's important to give money. for for these kind of causes but it was more importantly there were people who came there and they worked and they worked hard to make sure that these people who were suffering so terribly just to try and alleviate that a little bit and that's for me that was a highlight Um, so
0: I just want to mention one last thing before you go um, my brother, when he was in grade 7 student at Yeshiva College, he started this campaign called Feed God mm-hmm. to provide security guards in the campus with a hot meal every mm-hmm. evening. Mm-hmm. And I understand that you took it over from him mm-hmm. when uh, mm-hmm. he moved from Yeshiva to King David. That's
1: correct, yes. Is it still running? So that was one of the most extraordinary. And for, I quote that story very often because, you know, we all try and find ways to save the world. But the truth is that there's so many amazing things that we can do on our doorstep. And your brother initiated that program. And it's it's, it's it was a visionary program because here we had these guards who's staying awake through the night in the cold, in the, no matter what the conditions are. And we set up – we've now got a – it's been running for about eight years now. and I can confidently tell you that every single night, the guards at Yeshiva College are fed. And that's involving 70, 70, volunteers. And it's just one way that we can make a difference. And that's what we need to do. We need to find ways that we can make a difference. We can't change the world, but we can make a difference in our own environment. Okay. That's amazing. Um- Amazing to hear. Thank you, Wendy, for coming in. Thank you so much, Jacob, and good luck, and we look forward to engaging with you when you become a famous media personality because we're hoping that you're going to provide much more balance in the media.
0: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay, so moving on, I told you guys the riddle before the interview. Um, The riddle was, what's blue and smells like red paint? And... Unfortunately, no one sent an answer, so unfortunately no one wins, okay? However, we still do have um, one thing that we can give away. Lori Park Zoo is giving away a free entrance to the zoo, and if you guys want to win this, please send us a WhatsApp voice note to 0621482374 with your name and an interesting fact about any animal that you could find in the zoo, But remember, you have to give others a chance to win. So if you've won it on High FM in the last 90 days, you can still send that voice note, but you won't be able to win a prize. We'll announce the winner in about three to four minutes. So let's have a song.